This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It's Wednesday, October 30th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news all within 15 minutes or fewer. I'm Connor Tappan. I'm joined, as ever, by 24-7 Sports College Sports Editor Trey Scott. Trey, yesterday we told the listeners that we'd have some news out of the NCAA today, and sure enough, uh, we have it. Yeah, so I guess we've spent the last few minutes. Sort of, I mean, this just happened. We've yeah, spent we're a few minutes. releasing this on uh, Wednesday morning, but we're reacting to it just out, uh, maybe less than an hour after it's come out um, that the NCAA Board of Governors has has kind of settled on the words used uh, by Bob Bowlesby yesterday were a set of guiding principles. And we now have a, a statement from the uh, chairman of the NCAA Board of Governors, Michael Drake, also the president of the the Ohio State <laughs> University. I did not mean to call it, give them that uh, title when I started out saying that, but that's what came out of my mouth. And um, so we have a statement from him and I mean, we'll get into the bullet points of the guiding principles, but for me, the top line takeaway here is that the NCAA is trying to very seamlessly pivot from pure stonewalling on the issue of name, image, and likeness to pretty much saying, and they're fighting back on some key points and we'll break it down, but uh, that pretty much they're ready to start playing ball here. Total 180 from threatening California Yeah, uh, about keeping championships out of the state if they passed that bill a month ago. And yeah, I, look, I think it's very important to caution saying this is being passed now. This is going to be passed next year, next month. Like, we don't know that. Sure. And, and, the, and the terms used are vague enough that they could presumably pivot, clarify, tweak their position as, as they go here. Yeah, this is, I think, just sort of saying, I'm working on it. You know, you've got, you know, th- right. we've all been mad at the NCAA. We've got multiple, st- we've got California has this ready to go by 2023. We've got a dozen other states want something similar probably before 2023 the NCAA had no choice I'm a little bit I'm pleasantly surprised that they came out with such a strong position that yeah we support this I I don't know if they had a choice though yeah they're definitely backed into a corner certainly in the court of public opinion I'm going to read a little snippet of uh, what Drake said he said uh, quote we must embrace change to provide the best possible experience for college athletes additional flexibility in this area can and must continue to support college sports as a part of higher education this modernization for the future is a natural extension of the numerous steps NCAA members have taken in recent years to improve support for student athletes including full cost of attendance and guaranteed scholarships. Maybe, you know, a little bit of revisionist history and making themselves seem like the the leaders on this issue rather than reacting to people complaining and protesting and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's like their modernization, which is a hard word to say, is a natural extension of the numerous steps. It's like we've been this drum has been being banged for been been banged for like yeah ten years almost now. Um but anyway, I you know credit to them, props to them. I think Mark Emmert is still you know he's releasing statements along similar fashion. But you just 
You know, yeah. all of a sudden, Mark, yeah, I'm trying to unpack and like compartmentalize that they sound like a bunch of hypocrites while also being like happy that right. this, we have some progress Yes, it, better late than never. Um, so let's get into these uh, principles. The first one, and not all of these really say anything, but some of them do. Uh, so the first one I think is kind of interesting. It says, assure student athletes are treated similarly to non-athlete students unless a compelling reason exists to differentiate. As we said, kind of vague language, but I think this is getting at the issue where student athletes weren't able to do some normal things to make money that regular students could. That's the way I took this too. Okay. That's the way I took that too. Okay, so that, that addresses a pretty big complaint. With, as far with as current, we think. <laughs> yeah, as, 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 that's what we think they mean. Um, uh, the next one is maintain the priorities of education and the collegiate experience to provide opportunities for student athlete success. So that's a of, word salad. Just a bunch of nah. Yeah. <laughs> just a bunch of, yeah, we know that you care about education. Yeah. Um, I think probably the same goes for this next one, too. Ensure rules are transparent, focused, and enforceable and facilitate fair and balanced competition. Now, maybe one hint of actual information is we know that they were concerned about a state like California having a competitive advantage of some type by virtue of the fact that they had this name, image, and likeness legislation in place, whereas a neighboring state might not. So, I mean, it's kind of a vague general whatever statement, but maybe that's kind of what we're driving at here, making sure we've got some level of uniformity in how all of this is handled. I think the the enforceable rules are gonna be tough obviously schools are going to have to invest, I think, to handle this. I think schools will have to invest in like compliance type people to work with the athletes as far Uh as the athletes who are capable of, you know, profiting off their likeness. I'll be interested to see. I think that's going to be the biggest issue for the NCAA though, is like, what's, what's too much, what's allowed, what's not allowed. I would assume like, like, do we, who knows, like, can can Tua Tungavailoa go get, uh, you know, can he go sponsor anything? Right. Everything. You know, is it you know only school type stuff? I don't know. Is it on campus, off campus? Right. Is it international? Is it so Yeah, there's a lot of nitty gritty details that you think in, in large parts might not even be possible to predict what the issues might be until we're a couple of years down the road and you encounter a situation and you're like, Oh, how do we handle this? I don't know. I guess we better write a rule about it. Is there like a minimum wage? Is right. there a, like a maximum so I d- allowed I don't, to earn? I know the NCAA is not very sympathetic and kind of complaining about this, or at least until this statement, they've been complaining about how bad this would be. But as far as a bureaucratic like enforcement aspect, like this, I think this is a pretty tough, it's going to be a pretty tough job to pull off here. This is going to be really tough. And I said this a few weeks ago on the, on the college football show that we do on Thursdays, just like, these are students. Like these are eighteen to twenty-two year olds who, yeah. are, you know, have are being pulled in a lot of different directions, and it's going to be a lot to balance. And I would assume that any endorsement deal, I guess I'll call it that, like comes with you know time management struggle here, and you've right. got practice, and you've got class too, and yeah, it's going to be really hard. I, I don't know if there's any organization that I would feel confident in sort of handling how this is going to go. So the next bullet point is. Make clear the distinction between collegiate and let me say that again. The next bullet point is make clear the distinction between collegiate and professional opportunities. I'm scratching my head a little bit on is that one. Is that in regards to just a guess, like working with agents? 
Maybe. Do you do they probably want to keep, they probably still want to keep agents out of this college player pool until their third year? Possibly, I just wonder yeah. if that's from keeping Drew Rosenhaus working with a mm. true freshman. Mm. I don't know. That's yeah, my guess. Know. Okay. Uh, so so maybe maybe that kind of plays into the next one. Make clear that compensation for athletics performance or participation is impermissible. Which I mean, I think in the broadest possible reading of this, you could say that, you know, Tua getting $5,000 for endorsing a car dealership is compensation for athletics performance. They're not wholly inseparable, but it is not here is $5,000 for throwing three touchdowns against Tennessee. That makes sense. That's like no incentive laden contracts here. Right. And also, I think that it's something they just put down in there just to remind everyone, although I guess they could have done it first if they really wanted to remind everyone, schools aren't paying the players. Like, it's not the schools who are doing this. Right. Yeah. And so the next one is reaffirm that student athletes are students first and not employees of the university, which I guess is what you were saying, Um, which is kind of like, yeah, we know we we've we've read your mission statement. We got it. Um, And then the next one is just kind of like, hmm, let's. Do one everyone can agree on. Enhance <laughs> principles of diversity, inclusion, and gender equity. Okay, yeah. yeah. I think we're all there. Uh, and then the final one is protect the recruiting environment and prohibit inducements of to select, remain at, or transfer to a specific institution. Now, that's that's pretty interesting. Um, and I... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess when you get down to some of these recruiting battles, I mean, I don't know what that's going to look like exactly, but you would imagine that the financial interests involved could start. I mean, the behind the scenes bidding for Cam Newton now is just happening out in public. And uh, well, I guess maybe it will still be illegal uh, based on what the NCAA is saying here. I guess it could be though, like, hey, come to Georgia. We've got the car dealership that gives (laughs) players the most money. But do we kind of agree that the rich like are gonna s- remain the rich like with the exception of I get like in the in the like like if you're of, already recruiting if you're already landing the best talent out there you're gonna keep landing it because you've you're only landing that talent because you have money I'm not saying because right. you're paying for players but you have right. the money to so, so you're building facilities, facilities and recruiting investments and yes certainly there's some bagman business going on yeah too. but like I guess like in Oklahoma State and T Boone Pickens' heyday they could compete here. Yeah, and Oregon was already competing for top recruits. Like, I don't think this changes too much. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, you always have the school that maybe one super rich booster can kind of change the game, but that's not new. It's it, the money was being spent in different places, and I know Barton Simmons has raised this raised this point of like you might still see that be where the, most of the money gets spent because it's. Investing in facilities is ultimately a much safer bet than even a five-star player. Absolutely, really. Absolutely. I mean, a facility can't tear its ACL. I wonder what I do. Wonder as far as as recruiting goes, maybe this will be addressed. Although, good luck not keeping it from being under the table. Can there be any sort of like during the recruitment, like, hey, you're gonna ch- here's some here's hey Tua, here are a few of your possible endorsement opportunities if you do sign with Alabama, right. and here's something you might be able to agree to now. Yeah, I think maybe it's just like the stuff that doesn't happen out in the open just changes. Like it's different stuff that gets done behind the scenes than than what we assume gets done now. That what has been reported happens in some places gets done now. I mean, we can't say any of this for sure. 
So one interesting thing here that I, is buried at the bottom of the release, Connor, is that the working group is going to keep working on this through April, and then they want any sort of new rules or whatever to begin immediately, but no later than January 2021. So I think that's reasonably open for interpretation, but it does sound like they have given themselves sort of a soft timeline. I'm not saying like January 2021 is like when things go into place, but as far as an announcement, Right, could could happen, and it and it could be sooner, and it, their hand could be forced much sooner because of the action of state legislatures. I mean, we started we at the beginning of this conversation, not this conversation, but just this ongoing conversation. Uh, the the timeline that we had was twenty twenty three because that's when California dis- decided it was going to implement its legislation. We've seen other states want to move sooner, and you know these these bills are still working their way through local legislatures, so. It, it, it seems like the NCAA, I think part of the reason we have such vague language here is intentionally to kind of cover this diversity of situations that are ongoing, developing and changing and giving the NCAA, you know, wiggle room to pivot and change as things develop. But these are just kind of the things, the things we're going to be keeping in, in mind as we are developing this. I think they had to give us something written to. down yeah. because... They've been working on, and like, the states are just moving so much faster than yeah. they are. And we're like, okay, you've been working on this. Where, where uh, is we, it? You're on a deadline here. <laughs> Let's go. Um, so, yeah, uh, they needed to get something out. But I, I think we're expecting things will change. There will be some more twists and turns in this as we go. Uh, we'll certainly keep you updated as those details come out. Uh, and, we're, and maybe we'll get the video game back. And maybe we'll get the video game back. That's right. Uh, that would be great. And maybe we can get the 24-7 sports composite in, yeah. in the game, too. All right. Well, that is going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, we ask that you do one thing this week to help spread the word about the show. Ideally, one of those things would be leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. But, you know, I don't want to box you in to that. So just go take take that suggestion and run with it. Come up with something interesting. For Trey Scott and our producer, Tani Levitt, I'm Connor Tapp, and we'll see you on Thursday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.